Hey, what's up? It's another Monday edition of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for being here as always. I am Sean Woodley and I am joined on today's show by Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com to talk about the Raptors loss to the Warriors last night. We'll go through our biggest takeaways. We'll hand out a due to the game and we're also going to play a game called the Raptors Trust Meter where we're going to run through the Raptors regulars and determine whether or not we trust that they're going to do what they're assigned to do when they check into a given game. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Raptors to begin your week. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1062 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, November the 22nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And, of course, you can find the podcast free and available on all your favorite podcast apps and platforms. You can subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. And also, please make sure to check us out on YouTube, where you can subscribe, hit that big red button. Even if you're not going to watch every day, just help us juice the stats, please. Much appreciated. Just hit that subscribe button. And uh, you'll forever be, uh, I'll forever be indebted to you. How about that? Uh, also, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. All right, on today's show, we are talking about a Raptors 119-104 loss to the Golden State Warriors. The Raptors fall to 1-3 on their Western Conference road trip. But I don't know how mad you can be about losing to the Warriors. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to dig into our due to the game. And we're going to play a little game called the Raptors Trust Meter. Or maybe I'll come up with a better name in post. But either way, uh, we're going to go through the Raptors roster and determine how much we trust each guy on the team to perform their duties as they you know, check into each game. Uh, and joining me to do all of that on today's show is our pal Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com and CBC and all over the place. Big V, how's it going, pal? Not bad. Not bad. Uh tough weekend overall uh, i mean i feel like it's been a tough week for the raps overall but uh yeah. you know this road trip will hopefully come to an end soon and uh, they can get some <laughs> healthy guys back hopefully og and maybe even utah the next game yeah uh, so yeah that'll be some positive vibes but uh yeah i agree with you not not too much to complain about when you lose to the warriors who look like the best team in the league right now uh and you know obviously the game plan going in is going to be what the game plan is, has been the last few years, which is to take Steph out of it. But when everyone else is hitting shots, it's just tough to beat them. It sure is. Uh, we'll dig into sort of where the defense let the Raptors down in this game and where it succeeded. I thought this was, as Raptors' defensive efforts go, not one of their worst necessarily. They were just up against the Warriors, and Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins could not miss. Otto Porter Jr., like pulling out that vintage Wizards Porter Jr. vibe as well. Um, so we'll get into all of that on today's show. Just like an overall sort of thought on the weekend, I will say, like, Number one, it's a successful road trip because they helped get the clown Luke Walton fired. That's good. That's fun. We like that. And number two, I would say, like, the vibe, the feeling coming out of a one-in-three stretch on the road trip, losing that Jazz game, which was a huge bummer. Obviously, you beat the Kings, which 
hope you beat the Kings. The Kings are terrible and depressing. And then losing to the Warriors, I don't feel quite as bad about it as I thought maybe I would because uh, it doesn't seem like OG's injury is that serious. And honestly, that to me is like the biggest thing of all of this. Like he was questionable for the game against the Warriors. Maybe he's back as, as soon as Wednesday against the Grizzlies. And after Nick Nurse said he would be out a while, quote unquote, uh, it's nice to see that maybe a while just refers to like a week or something like that. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that, obviously, as we go through. But that's sort of my general tone and tenor. I mean, my general tone and tenor is typically more on the positive side of things. But, uh, you know, let, let's dive in here. I think it just shows how much yeah, Nick sorry. loves OG. I think it just shows how much Nick loves OG. Like, even a week without OG is just hell. Like, I'm not going to have OG tomorrow. Oh, my God. That the is next a while. Four hours yeah. are going to be hard as hell. I mean, hey, OG would have made things a lot easier against the Jazz and Warriors. There's no doubt about that. But we can leave OG talk for now. Let's take into our big takeaways, Big V, from the game against the Warriors. I'll put it to you. What was your biggest takeaway from last night's 15-point loss that honestly didn't quite feel like it was 15 points? Like, they, they lost that deficit in the first, like, three minutes of the game. And then they played even, basically, the rest of the way through if you want to take the half you know, glass-half-full approach. What were your overall takeaways? I think for me, you know, uh, when you look at how this game played out versus how it played out against the Kings, it shows the value of two-way play. And I think uh, for all the improvements Gary Trent Jr. has made, uh, I thought he was kind of exposed in this one. Um, and I think that's part of why we didn't really see too much of him later in the game. Uh, and yeah, it, it was a rough one for him. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, obviously, was, was kept quiet for a lot of the game, too. Really struggled to hit, hit a three. Uh, but, I mean, he had a huge defensive responsibility on his shoulders, and he carried that out uh, amazingly well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was just uh, a lot to ask in a game where, you know, the Warriors are going to demand that you keep up with them offensively and also defend uh, at a high level. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, you know, those first eight minutes, what was it, 27 to 9? The Raptors obviously couldn't keep up offensively. Uh, and that was pretty much the game because you give the Warriors that type of advantage um, with the improvements that they've made this year compared to last year. You know, last year, you, there's probably a run to be made and uh, really, really make a game of it. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what the Raptors did, it seemed like the Warriors were able to keep them at arm's length pretty, pretty easily. I got to say, I'm a pretty big fan of the evolution of the fake comeback, where now it's just Fred Van Vliet decides in the middle of every fourth quarter it's time to hit three enormous threes in a row. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, we're going to cut out the middleman. I will do the fake comeback myself, damn it. Uh, it's a good time. But yeah, I mean, as 15-point losses go, this one didn't really feel like they were you know, totally outclassed for the entirety of the game or anything like that. I mean, they had stretches where they looked strong, where their offensive process was nice. And I think, like, their defense, in theory, that's probably the way to go about it against the Warriors, as terrifying as the proposition of the Raptors completing back-end rotations is right now. I think you'd much rather, you know, just kind of take step out of the action and almost play four on four, which is what they did. If you see some of the screen caps of like Fred just like pushing Steph further and further towards the half court line, it really was four on four. And maybe you're not happy with four on four when your best defender in Fred Van Vliet is hanging out up on the perimeter, not able to like kind of dig down and all that stuff. But yeah, I thought they, they approached this game reasonably well. And 
yeah, you have to score with the Warriors to stay with them. And they could not do that. They missed nine free throws in this game, which was a big detriment to them. Gary Trent Jr. obviously going three of 16. Right now with no OG, they're pretty dependent on Gary Trent Jr. doing the heat check thing. And they didn't get it out of him in this one, despite him putting up plenty of shots and, you know, kind of quibbling with some calls and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't a perfect performance by any means. Obviously, they lost by 15, but I thought there were some positive things to take out of this one. You know, for me, I think Siakam looked really good again, kind of bouncing back from that Thursday performance against the Jazz. You know, I'm really enjoying the fact that he's just feels like he's got like a more of a like a, like a scorer's edge this season. I think there was this thing last year where Pascal would kind of overpass, get sort of you know bogged down and feeling like he had to make the next play, whereas he was the best offensive player on the team. Sometimes you just want him to go the hell up with it. And I think he is going the hell up with it a little bit more this season. He's letting it rip from three, which is really nice. Uh, you know, I didn't talk to you after the game on Friday where Siakam went for 32 on 12 shots in response to that Jazz game, Big V. But I'm curious, like, what were your overall impressions of Siakam in this one and the way he kind of approached a very difficult Warriors defense? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the matchup with Draymond it was something that you always look for, uh, especially mm-hmm. after how, how the finals played out. And I thought there were possessions where, uh, he was smart enough to not force it where like Draymond took away his first option, took away his second option. And it was like, okay, you've got nothing, kick it back out. Um, mm-hmm. And let's see what happens. Uh, so I thought he played that fairly smartly. Um, and then there were times where, you know, he got to his sweet spots and uh, maybe a couple of gimmies uh, that he should have had uh, yeah. didn't drop. You know, we, we saw that, but <clears throat> that's something again, where, if you look at the process right now with Pascal, a lot of it is good, uh, mm-hmm. barring that, uh, barring that jazz no show. And yeah, I think just wipe it, that game off the face of the earth, please. I never want to think well, about it ever and, again. And, and, <laughs> and and that is on that is on him to do right because sure. over uh, overarching takeaway for Pascal Siakam uh, has been that you know there are those nights where he just kind of disappears and hmm. you know maybe, maybe he doesn't get up for. Uh, you know, the Charlotte Hornets on a Tuesday night or whatever it might be, right? <laughs> and I, I think that's that absolutely can happen against a, a team as good as the Utah Jazz uh, on the road. Um, mm-hmm. And part of that is just working his legs back into it. But I think that's in terms of an overall thing that I'd like to see him sort of shove aside is that consistency night to night, especially sure. once his legs are uh, fully informed. Yep, totally makes sense. You know, there's still obviously plenty of growth to be done here. And I don't think we'll really see the best fully formed version of Siakam until OG's back in the lineup and they're able to play with their full complement of guys for more than like a game at a time. Um, Because I do think like every one of these guys, because no one is a clear number one option who can carry the day by themselves, like they need some help. They need guys to, you know, take advantage when the defense is leveraged against one of them and they can kind of play make out of that. And I think they have a lot of guys who can do that just, they haven't been all together just yet. And I think we saw last night that starting lineup in particular, like the spacing's pretty tricky with Barnes and Birch both out there. It's just, it's kind of a a tough slog. And so I'm glad to see Siakam still performing through that and bouncing back from that Thursday game. Uh, He's still at a 58.7 true shooting this season, which uh, I'm going to be watching that number pretty carefully. His usage is down a little bit, which maybe is kind of to do with that. Um, So we will see how that progresses. But I thought overall pretty good stuff from Siakam in this one. You know, other stray quick thoughts, Uh, you know, Scotty Barnes. I got to ask you about Scotty Barnes in this one. 
first half was incredibly rough. His defense remains honestly like almost Matt Thomas esque at times, where he just like does not seem to know where he's rotating at any time, and just happens to kind of happen into being there sometimes because he's tall and large. Uh, it's pretty rough for him on that end right now. The offensive end, his you know efficiency is trailing off a little bit. He's not quite scoring with the same proficiency around the rim. And I don't think you could have expected him to finish at like 72% around the rim or whatever he was shooting early on. But he shot three threes last night, hit two of them, got to the line quite a bit. And he continues to do this thing, man, where he plays bad games, but he'll have like a six-minute stretch where he looks amazing, during which he makes like the pass he made to Siakam, where he did a no-look cross-court pass for a three. And it's just like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be fine with Scotty Barnes. That's like the Scotty Barnes special right now is like the unbelievable play that kind of keeps things, you know, keeps your mood high when it comes to him. Any sort of quick impressions on the way Barnes played in this one? He was kind of a key character throughout. Yeah. You know, I think the one thing I love about Scotty is no matter how he starts, whatever he's struggling with, he battles mm-hmm. through. Sure. And it's like, no, at, at the end of the day, I am going to have some type of imprint on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what allows him to have those stretches that you talk about where, uh, yeah, the defensive rotations are off. He's getting blown by, uh, time and time again. Uh, and that's something that he's going to have to really work on. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I think he is going to find a way to impact the game, uh, try and be uh, at the very least a net neutral, if not a net positive, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the game action and I think he'll just continue to learn. I think, yeah, it's one of the things that you do risk, right? When you, when you have uh, this length and athleticism at all the positions is yeah. When you do go up against uh, someone that like, obviously the thing that sticks out is when they go up against someone bigger and they're giving up the offensive boards and this and that. But when you go up against someone smaller and faster, you're giving up that, uh, advantage as well and so mm-hmm. uh, how do you keep guys in front of you uh, and not fall into that trap where you surrender dribble penetration and then you get into you know having to collapse <laughs> and then rotate and uh, get into that scramble mode over and over again and so yes Scotty has been a big part of that problem um, of late and yeah these these are rookie pains they're gonna happen yeah, it is what it is, man, and I'm glad to see that they allowed him to work through it. I'm a big fan of this, like, you know, part of the nice thing of losing games by 15 is sometimes in the fourth quarter, they just turn Scotty loose as a point guard, and it's uh, a delight to watch. And I think Alvin Williams is doing a good job kind of hammering this home on the broadcast, too. Like, the more you can get the ball in Scotty's hands, the better. He's such a smart playmaker. Yeah, there are going to be issues. He's going to turn it over. He's going to have the wonky handle, but he seems to be sort of activated into being an active participant in the offense, particularly when he has the ball in his hands. And considering that he keeps on throwing no looks every single night, I am for personally very much on board with that. Uh, we're going to continue on here, Big V. We went a little bit long there in the first segment, but there was lots to dig into from that Warriors game. On the other side, we're going to play a game called the Raptors Trust Meter. We're going to rank everyone in the Raptors rotation from 1 to 10 on how much we trust them to perform their assigned duties i guess going into each night that's coming up in just one second here but first want to tell you about our pals over at prize picks which is daily fantasy 
Made easy. I love it. I know you're going to love it too. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each night. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of points, rebounds, assists, steals missed threes whatever it might be they are available for you at prize picks and you get a hundred dollar deposit match up to 100 uh, sorry 100 deposit match up to 100 with the promo code nba when you sign up you pick two to five players and an over under on each of their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry if it's just and it's just you versus the projected numbers there's no one out there with a team that you have to beat it's just projected numbers you versus the numbers and that is the way it should be prize picks also offers mixed sports entries so you can take the over on punches taken from isaiah stewart by lebron james and yards thrown by uh, patrick mahomes whatever it might be you can find it at prize picks use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy prize picks is safe and offers fast cash withdrawals as well don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com use the promo code nba or go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy Today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got Succession, Great Canadian Baking Show, the Toronto Raptors to watch in one night. That's what I had last night. And because I'm not in America, I can't get DirecTV Stream, but it would really solve me having to watch on three different apps those three things if I had DirecTV Stream. Come to America. Sorry, come to Canada, please. Uh, it's called DirecTV Stream, of course. It is bringing your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. It uh, also means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. It's the best thing you'll ever do to your tv and the best part is there is no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com. that's DirectTV.com. compatible device required content varies by package and once again this is only available to our lovely listeners in the united states all right, Vivek, let's play it. The Raptors Trust Meter, uh, a game that I've devised in my brain in the last half an hour or so. We are going to go through the Raptors regulars and determine how much we trust that they're going to execute what they are asked to execute on a given night. So we're not going out there and saying, oh, do we trust Chris Boucher to put up 35 every night? We're asking, do we trust Chris Boucher to play you know, reasonable athletic defense, make some big plays, hit a couple threes and do that type of thing? This is sort of the, uh, as the, the lovely podcast, The Doughboys, for example, where they review their fast food chains. They give a rating based on what the restaurant is trying to do, not in comparison to like fine cuisine or anything like that to give some framing for this segment. So, Big V, let's begin, shall we? The Raptors trust meter. Let's begin with Let's do Spurs. it. Yeah, Pascal Siakam. How much do you trust him? Zero to ten uh, to do Pascal Siakam things when he comes into the game. Seven. Yeah? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go with a healthy seven uh, out of ten. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, defensively he's still got uh, a little bit to go. And then offensively I just I just want to see the consistency uh you know that that dud uh, against the Jazz just that can't happen, right? It was yeah. like 29 minutes before he got his first rebound. Yeah, I, I'm I will always live with a, you know a two for 15 night, whatever it is. You struggle shooting the ball, that happens. Um, sure. But the other stuff has got to be there, and so uh, yeah, and you know I I think for me, you know, the last couple of seasons there has been just sort of you know the complete 
disappearance uh, on certain nights. And so sure. uh, I'd like to see that consistency. So I'll, I'll go with a seven. Uh, you know, he's shown more often than not he is there. But uh, I'd like to see the floor be higher. I think that is an entirely fair number. Yeah, it would be nice if it could creep up to like an eight, eight and a half. And if that's what your best player is doing, then you're probably pretty okay with it. But yeah, seven, I think, is a fair place to go right now with plenty of room to improve. And to your point about defense, you know, he's got a long way to come. I thought last night he was by far their best defender, uh, you know, outside of Fred, I suppose. Like he was their only hope in rotation and made a a few nice sort of one-on-one defensive plays as well. So shout out to him for a nice defensive game after a pretty rough stretch. Let's go to Scotty Barnes, shall we? How much do you trust Scotty Barnes to be Scotty Barnes when he checks into a game? So... This is an interesting question because right now I don't think he can fully be Scotty Barnes uh, mm-hmm. with the starting lineup. And part of that is, you know, I think when Nick Nurse says he wants Scotty Barnes to shoot more threes, it's because he realizes when Kem Birch is out there on the floor, it's yeah. something that Barnes just simply has to do. And so mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that's a natural part of his game right now. Uh, it, it could be with time, but uh in terms of the other parts of it the playmaking all of that i don't think he gets to do as much of it right now um with pascal back uh hopefully you know that's something that just comes with time uh as more chemistry builds and comfort and all that so uh you know i probably would have had this at an eight uh before uh pascal's return Uh, i'll probably lean towards uh, like a six six and a half right now see i'm gonna go differently i'm gonna go with like a nine because even though he can't really do you know everything that scotty barnes wants to do in this current lineup configuration you know for me i feel like his expectations have been warped by that incredible start and maybe it's time to kind of reset a little bit and sort of focus on hey you know is he doing the things that we expected after we saw the preseason for example i said i think he's ready to be a contributing like valuable role player right now he sur- you know, surpassed that in the first couple of weeks by far and was like, oh, this guy might be the best player on the team right now. Uh, and I don't think that's the case. And I don't think it's fair to assume that to be the case. And so for me, is he doing those sort of connective tissue things on offense? And I think he really did that last night against the Warriors. Like he was moving plays along. He had five assists, obviously, but I think he kind of kept the offense moving at times as well. And, you know, the fact that he put us in threes was nice. I don't think I don't bake that into like the what I'm looking for from Scotty Barnes necessarily. It's a nice bonus. And so taking that into account and then also factoring in like I expect Scotty Barnes at this point to always have that five or six minute stretch, usually in a third quarter where he's going to take over. And he's kind of done that every single night. So I, I'm going to go with a nine for Scotty Barnes right now in my level of trust with him. Let's uh, rapid fire through some more here. Fred Van Vliet. Uh, this one feels pretty easy. Big V, how much do you trust Freddie V to uh, do the thing that he does? Yeah, this this I'll probably go, you know, uh, a nine. Um, yeah. you, you know what you're going to get. The, once in a while, you're going to see the, the shooting struggle uh, like you did against the Warriors, but you know at some point, you know, that Freddie heater is coming. So yeah. <laughs> uh, So, yeah, I'll give a healthy nine here with Fred. That one's an easy one. I agree. I'm going to go nine as well. Let's go to Kem Burt, shall we? Uh, the man with the the golden floater. Uh, <laughs> what do you have for uh, your trust level in Kem when he's in the game? So he would likely be a nine as well for me. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I'll give him an eight because I do want to see the three ball, the confidence to shoot okay. the three ball, especially from the corner. I think there have been more than enough times where he's had a really good look from three and he just doesn't have that confidence right now to take him. Um, mm-hmm. There was one that he took with the shot clock winding down and he had no choice but to get it up. But I think uh, overall, I'd like to see that. Uh, other than that, you know, defensively, he's been great. The push shot has been great. So all, all of that, he, he completely takes the boxes. That's the one one area of his game that I want to see come along a little bit. That's a good point. I would say I'm going to go with like a seven for Kem as well. You know, the floater is there, I think, most of the time, but you can tell when it's not and like a game will start and he'll brick two and you're like, oh boy, this could be a long one. Um, Last night was an okay game for him in that department, although it was mostly dunks for him or finishes on the roll, which was actually nice to see. Um, I I think for me, the reason I am a little bit lower maybe than, you know, the reliable steady Kem Burt should maybe command as as a score here is I think... I'd like to see the sort of secondary playmaking tick up and as opposed to it being like a once a week type thing where he kind of flashes it, have it just be kind of a regular part of his game where, you know, he can kind of catch the ball in the middle of the floor and survey and make the next read. I'm not asking him to make like LeBron James level reads or anything like that, but there have been a couple games this season where he's really done it well and a few where it's not quite been there. And I think it's a little bit more reliability when it comes to that sort of, you know, okay, in the short roll, you have it. What are you doing with it type of situation? I would like to see that because I do think that's actually essential to him working with the starting five because the attention is going to be paid to everybody else and not him. And he has to be able to leverage that, not just with scoring and his floater, but with his playmaking as well. Uh, Let's move on here to, I think, maybe the most polarizing character here, Gary Trent Jr., who uh, I declared on Saturday's podcast has assumed the Terrence Ross-sized hole in my heart. I'm fully on the Gary Trent Jr. bandwagon. Green light, Gary. Let's go. Uh, how much do you trust Gary Trent Jr. to come into a game and uh, you know do the things that you hope to see Gary Trent Jr. do? Look, Gary Trent Jr. is a 10 in terms of expect- <laughs> expecting Gary to do Gary things. Right. For better. But but that's the thing. It's for better or worse. Sure. Uh, sure. And so either way, you are going to get Gary every single night. Um, mm. There is it's good or bad that you have to wait and see. But Gary is going to be true to himself. Uh, he's mm. going to call his number when he wants to. Uh, he's going to, you know, dig in and try to poke the ball away. Uh, and there's going to be times where he gets blown by. There's going to be times that that's all part of the Gary experience. So <laughs> I'll give Gary a 10 in that regard. Yeah, if the question is, is Gary Trent Jr. going to play well? It's maybe like a five or a six trust yeah. factor. Maybe a seven, considering how he started the season. Uh, if it's, uh, is Gary going to be himself? Uh, that is a 14 out of 10, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's rattle through some bench guys here. Uh, we're not going to go through OG because he's not playing right now. I feel like we both have a pretty high trust level in OG. Probably a seven or an eight at the very least. Uh, let's go to Chris Boucher, shall we? How much do you trust Chris Boucher is going to do the good things you ask of Chris Boucher when he checks into a game off the bench. I will have to go with like a two. Yep, you stole the answer right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I just I just don't. Um, whether it's the rotations or uh, you know scoring the ball from from deep or the, the inside, uh, mm-hmm. you know going up for those. Uh, dunks layups whatever it is thinking he's uncontested but he's really quite contested and uh, <laughs> oftentimes yeah. by like an otherworldly defender <laughs> yeah so uh, i think yeah it'd be hard for me to go past a two or a three there 
Yeah, I think the only thing you can trust about Chris Boucher is that you cannot trust him at all. Uh, and that's a bummer, but I think that's just kind of the corner he's painted himself into. I'm going to go with the two as well. You know, he's been a little bit better lately. I'll give him that. Like, he's had some flourishes and pops in the last week or so where he hasn't quite looked totally out to lunch like he did to start the season. But I still have a lot of guys ahead of him in my trust rankings on the bench. Uh, let's go to one of them in Delano Banton, who uh, last night hitting pull-ups, had three assists, seven points. I mean, there's still some raggedy shot selection, and, you know, at times he gets a little bit sort of carried away with the behind-the-back dribble and forgets there's other moves. But uh, Delano Banton's a delight. We love Delano Banton. How much do you trust him when he checks in? Um, I, I will say a six right now. And, mm-hmm. again, I think that's that's a healthy mark for a rookie. Uh, mm-hmm. To have expectations of any rookie uh, is tough. So I, I'll give him a six, I think. Yeah, when, when he did the right-to-left crossover and knocked down the triple, I was like, well, <laughs> there's very few players that can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so if he gets to a point where he can do that, you know, uh, once or twice a game, mm-hmm. that's going to be some real scary hours. So uh, Delano, yeah, uh, I, I trust him to come in and be fast and try to push the pace and, and do all that. Uh, from a process, yeah, I'll say this: the 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 most encouraging thing about him as a rookie is that you trust him to do, do the process stuff, uh, right. more than you know the results. And so, uh, when he when he has a good night, it's a really good night because you know he's trying to do the right thing. That's a good point. Uh, love some Delano Banton. Uh, let's go to Svee Mihailuk last night. Seven points, five, uh, three of five shooting. I guess what you're asking for Svee when he checks into a game is, is he going to you know, offer some spacing, maybe some secondary creation, uh, you know, attacking closeouts and stuff like that? And can he provide sound, sort of mean, rugged defense? You know, He's going to get guys who blow by him and stuff like that. But most for the most part, I think he's been pretty solid there. How much do you trust Svee to do those very sort of specific role player things that Svee is asked to do? I'll probably go with a four. Okay. Um, four, maybe a five. But, uh, yeah, I, I think four uh, seems like a, a decent enough number where mm-hmm. I think he, if he was any higher than that, he'd be playing more minutes, that's for sure. That's fair. I, I think I would go with, like, a six, maybe a little bit, little bit more kind to Svi. I think even when he's not necessarily hitting shots, I think you can see the effect he has on the defense when he's in there. Like, you know, they have to actually worry about him as a spacing option. I feel like when you slot him in there in place of Scotty, for example, in that starting five, like it just kind of breathes a little bit better, even if he's not hitting his looks. So I'll go with about a six, even because I don't necessarily think his shot making is tied to whether or not you can totally play him. Uh, although it would be nice if he could hit some shots. And it's nice to see that he's made a couple in the last game here after a pretty rough stretch. Uh, we have one guy in the regular bench rotation who we haven't gotten to. Yeah, but we're going to get into the uh, the final segment as well in the dude of the game. So we'll save him for that. But I do have one quick one here. Malachi Flynn, Vivek. Uh, I, I guess, do you trust him to come into a game, play three minutes, steal a defensive rebound out of an unaware rebounder's hands and have a couple of moments that say, hey, uh, this guy should play more. How much do you trust that you're going to see that from Malachi Flynn each night? I mean, yeah, you just described the Malachi special. Any any player in the NBA can do that. That is the Malachi special. So that, that, this is another 10 right here. Yep. You trust 100%. Malachi. 30 seconds, one possession, two minute, you know, Missy Elliott, one minute, man. He's your guy. Yep. 
Uh, 100%. We will uh, get to the final member of the regular rotation coming up in just one second here as we get to that and the dude of the game. Uh, but first, want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. I love Thanksgiving. I love American Thanksgiving. Even though I'm in Canada, I will still carve out a little, uh, little time on Thursday to maybe order up some turkey dinner or perhaps a festive special or something like that. But guess what? When it comes to Thanksgiving, it's not real Thanksgiving. I already had all my pies and sweets for the last uh, Thanksgiving back in October, the real Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. And so maybe I don't want to go so heavy on the sweets if I am going to have a big savory dinner on Thursday. And the perfect way to replace those sweets is with Built Bar. You can feel good about it. You can feel okay about having a Built Bar in place of that 300 calorie piece of pie. Because a Built Bar is just 130 calories with four grams of sugar and plenty of protein. You can replace that piece of pie with any Built Bar. And there's plenty of flavors to go around to match any sweet treat. And there's new and limited time flavors that pop up all the time. I just got some Built Puffs sent to me. They're in my fridge right now. There's a lemon cheesecake. Sorry, a, uh, yeah, lemon cheesecake one. There is a uh, ruby chocolate one. It's just an unbelievable collection. There's a caramel almond as well. Highly recommend you go and check out the site because there's limited time flavors, seasonal options available all season long as you go into Christmas and the rest of the holidays. They have plenty of stuff that pops up, so be sure to go check it out. And this Friday is Black Friday, and Black Friday at Built Bar promises to be a massive event with all sorts of surprises, so make sure you go to Built.com this Friday or before then as well and use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off of your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Go check them out. All right, we're running a little long here, Big V, but that's okay. There's lots to digest from this weekend. Uh, let's get to, first of all, the tr- trust meter for your impending dude of the game, Precious Achua. You vamp on Precious Achua and how much you trust him as I draw up the uh, very telegraphed uh, dude of the game graphic for me to run here as we get to that segment. <laughs> for, <laughs> uh, what, what do you got here for uh, Precious Achua as far as how, do you tr- how much do you trust him right now? Um, I would say... A five, I would say, you know, there, there's nights where he's serviceable. There's nights where he's really struggled. But I think the encouraging thing is you would hope that maybe off the bench, he has a comfort level that maybe he didn't have going up against other starting units. And so mm-hmm. uh, with Precious off the bench, and you look at the performance from the bench as a whole over the last couple of games going up against the Kings, going up against uh, the Warriors, they've had a positive impact. They've been able to help the Raptors sort of uh, change the momentum of the game. And as Fred Van Vliet said, uh, that's what good benches do. So mm-hmm. uh, I do subscribe to the theory that maybe the best thing uh, for that bench unit is to maximize the chaos. And so when you've got Delano and Boucher and Precious out there, uh, that is certainly what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think about a five or a six is probably fair here for Precious. I think he's been maybe unfairly maligned because of a couple of really wonky shooting nights. And in fairness, like he's been, there's a reason it's not a 10. There are nights where he is completely out of control and not making the right reads. But I thought last night in particular, he was uh, totally fine and well within his sort of abilities and wasn't trying to push it and do too much. Uh, and that leads us into the dude of the game. Wow, surprise, it's Precious Achua. How could have foreseen this? Who could have predicted this uh, listening to this podcast? Precious Achua gets his first dude of the game win of the season. Uh, and look, man, I, I think 
this was, as you mentioned, that bench unit may be coming into form a little bit here. They seem to have found something, even though Gary Trent Jr. didn't shoot well last night. They seem to have found something working Gary in with those sort of chaos agents and maybe an extra starter just to give a little bit of offensive pop to a group that doesn't have a ton of it. Uh, and I thought Precious has played pretty well within that constraint. And, and I thought last night, you know, he had the 12 points. He had three assists. That was nice to see. He was five of nine. He didn't push it too much. He hit a three. But I think for me, the biggest thing with Precious is he's one of the better defenders on the team right now. Like he is in position more often than most guys. He's in like in the rotation a little bit more effectively than some of these guys in the back end. And I think you've seen him in a couple instances really kind of harangue guys. There was a possession, sadly, that ended with a Damian Lee bucket, but he like stifled Damian Lee two, three times in different contexts in the same possession. And Lee just hit like an impossibly stupid shot over Precious, like high arcing rainbow style. And I don't know how much you can blame Precious for that, but like seeing him defend around the rim and then in space on the same possession against Damian Lee was really encouraging stuff. And I think, you know, there's a little bit less of a burden on him playing with the second unit. There's less trust that has to be put in him by Nick Nurse. He can easily just yank him if he needs to, if he's not playing a great game. But I think he's playing within himself. He's not like getting the ball and saying, must score, must go to basket. Like he's like actually kind of surveying things and, you know, playing, I think, a smart, more smarter, more reserved game, which I think is really nice. And I think on the defensive end, he's looked pretty rock solid. Uh, what have you, your overall thoughts been on Precious on the defensive end in particular? Yeah, defensively, I would agree with you. I think the only aspect uh, that I would want to see improve with him is maybe a bit of uh, the boxing out and sure. uh, just using his physicality a bit more. And I think that applies a little bit offensively uh, as well, where you know he doesn't really set a screen. Right? No, <laughs> and, no, not and, at all. And so. <laughs> <laughs> never made contact, never will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so almost like those he's are... doing a bit at this point. <laughs> So those are the two things that I would just highlight and say, you know, if he could bring that physicality aspect to uh, to his game uh, to go along with some of the stuff that he's been able to do, switching on to other guys or, you know, just uh, defending in space, which I think is a strength of his. Uh, I think that would really help him along. Yep. All points agreed with here. Congratulations to Precious Achuan, his first due to the game win, hopefully the first of many. Uh, I will provide an updated due to the game ranking after the game against the Grizzlies on uh, Wednesday. We'll give you the full scoreboard uh, as we crown another due to the game later on this week. But that is going to do it for today's episode. Uh, as mentioned, the Grizzlies game is upcoming on Wednesday. The Raptors also play the Pacers on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we might check in with our pal Tony East from Locked On Pacers because I love any excuse to talk to Tony to preview that game. Uh, we will, I think, bring Katie back, back on the show this week as well. Talk probably about that Grizzlies game on Thursday. Loaded week ahead. Your own Weitzman from uh, Fox Sports is going to jump on the show as well to talk about Nick Nurse squatting, the piece he wrote where he uh, kept count of all the times Nurse squatted at MSG. And we're also going to talk about team building a little bit because I think the book that Yaron wrote about tanking and the Sixers is an interesting sort of contrast to the way the Raptors have gone about things for the last seven or eight years here. And I want to sort of pick his brain on that whole concept. Either way, uh, that's what you got coming up later in the week. Vivek, what do you got coming up for people to check out? The usual stuff, raptors.com. Uh, might have uh, an interview that would be uh, a lot of fun uh, coming up for CBC Sports. So uh, that's something you could potentially look forward to. Other than that, is you can follow Olympic me on Twitter. V? Uh, no, this would mm. potentially be tennis V, 
Uh, Ooh, but, uh, uh, yeah. one of the best versions of V that there is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll see if that materializes. But yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, I think things should play out uh, the right way, and hopefully, you can see the interview soon enough. But uh, yeah, that's what you can look forward to for me. Fantastic. Uh, as always, go check out all of Vivek's work. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. As always, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated when you take the time to support the podcast in any way you so please. Uh, but please, the YouTube, uh, please subscribe there. It's so, so appreciated and it really helps us and strokes my ego and makes us more presentable to the algorithm, the almighty YouTube algorithm. That's going to do it, though. We will talk to you again tomorrow with your own Weitzman talking all about Nick Nurse in the squat position, tanking, team building, all that good stuff. Uh, And uh, thank you so much. We will talk to you then. Bye-bye.